If you look at the most wealthy in the country, these are people that are consistently, generationally, for hundreds of years have been investing in things inside this country. So don't just let it be for only one part of the population. This really, this information and this knowledge should be for everybody. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Five Talents Podcast. I'm your host, Abel Pacheco. I interview the top commercial real estate investors and industry experts so you can learn from their experiences. So if you're an investor, a high W-2 earner or real estate or tech sales professional that wants to invest in real estate without having to manage properties or leave your day job, then this podcast is for you. Or if you're already investing in real estate, but you're doing it part-time and you wanna become a full-time multifamily or full-time commercial real estate investor, this podcast is for you too. You're gonna learn a ton. You will learn from real life multifamily investors and other professionals in the industry. They're gonna share their blueprints for success. And I'm super excited that you're here. So I hope you enjoy the show. All right. Hello. Hello. My name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents podcast. And uh, I'm super excited. We have an amazing guest today, Mr. Dugan Kelly. Dugan, thanks for joining, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Abel. Hey, everybody. Yeah. Dugan's uh, an amazing syndication attorney, among other things. But uh, for those that don't know him or in his in his world. Let me at least give a little bit of your background so everyone knows that they should be uh, grabbing a pen and a piece of paper to take some notes if you're <laughs> eager and learning more. So, so Mr. Dugan Kelly, you co-founded Kelly Clark PC. Uh, you, you have a mission really to deliver big firm expertise and provide that same experience to the local community. Somebody, somebody small like myself, which I definitely appreciate, man. And if you don't know um, really the services that they provide, I'll let him explain it, but he's got a couple offices or Kelly Clark has a couple, Texas and also California. And he's assisted clients in structuring real estate transactions in excess of $2 billion. And I don't know how old that that, that number is, but I bet you it's growing every day. <laughs> so Yeah, it's uh, probably over $3 billion now. <laughs> I, fi- I figured, yeah. yeah. So uh, you you do syndication, security services for clients throughout the United States, a lot of other things, but let me turn it over to you, man. You know, tell our listeners a little bit more about you, what you do and what, you know, what you, uh, how you help your clients. That'd be awesome. Sure. Thanks, Abel. Yeah. So I've been practicing law for over 20 years. Uh, Like I said, we have offices in the greater Los Angeles area, a little town about 90 miles north of Los Angeles called Santa Barbara, California. And then our other office, our main office is in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. But most of our clients in the commercial real estate space are hunting and acquiring deals and raising equity in the hot multifamily markets or just commercial real estate markets around the country. So we are a full service uh, boutique law firm with a national kind of footprint. So my personal practice is almost exclusively in the area of commercial real estate. So structuring deals, basically taking people from acceptance of their LOI all the way to the closing table and then helping them structure their securities offerings. So when you're going to actually go and borrow money from a bank 
for a large commercial real estate transaction, you realize that you don't have enough coin in your own pocket <laughs> and you got to go raise that money from passive investors. Yeah. Uh, that's called a security. And we help people do that in a compliant way so that they can actually go out there, raise the money to help produce results for investors as well as obtain that loan so that they can get the keys to the apartment building or the mobile home park or the self-storage facility or any other piece of commercial real estate. And that's what I do basically on a day-to-day basis. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you very much. And and um, for the insight right in the background. And then also you have uh, married, three boys, active in the church, uh, local community, that kind of thing too as well, right? Yeah, that's more, I mean, that's more important than what we do between, you know, Monday through Friday and sometimes Monday through Sunday. But the reality <laughs> is all of us have a why, right? Well, mm-hmm. We're either serving a larger mission or purpose or something. Certainly my family, my wife, my three boys, my extended family, those are significant drivers uh, for me and my faith and my church. So absolutely, we're, we're trying to be as intentional and as missional in the areas in which our offices are located. So we, we actually live, work, play, and our local communities, and we're not just here kind of by happenstance. We believe we need to be intentional about what we yeah. do in our local communities. Yeah, that's uh, one, one of the reasons I was drawn to you, among, among other things, but uh, that uh, definitely, you know, resonates with me and, and a lot of our, okay. I would say, our, our network as well. And then you also serve a nonprofit that has, you know, a, a very important mission, especially what's going on right now, right? Yeah, um, on I the board that- or something. I sit on the board of a couple nonprofits. Most of them are faith-based uh, organizations. One in particular is near and dear to my heart. It's called Treasured Vessels Foundation. And its mission and purpose is really to end uh, sex trafficking uh, around the country. And in particular, we, we provide shelters for victims of sex trafficking here in the Texas area. So we're uh, I'm active on the board and raising money for uh, that nonprofit and, and just trying to spread the love wherever we possibly can in order to help victims of sex trafficking. Oh, so that's, that's awesome. Yeah. At the end of the show, uh, we'll definitely put in our show notes, how they, people can reach out to you if anybody's interested in, you know, well, might as well say it now since we're on the topic, where, where does somebody reach out to you for like specifically if they wanted to, to donate to that cause? Yeah, absolutely. You can feel free to drop me an email. Thankfully, my parents gave me a very unique name. So it's Dugan. <laughs> you're you're going to be able to find Dugan lawyer in Dallas or nice. lawyer in Santa Barbara. But you can drop me an email at Dugan at Kelly Clark. That's K-E-L-L-E-Y Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E dot com. And I'd be happy to connect anybody that's interested in ending uh, uh, human sex trafficking with Treasured Vessels Foundation, or if you want to just bypass me and go directly to them and donate there, would love that. It it is a nonprofit, so you will even get a tax deduction for anyone that that donates. It's something that we can all be behind. Like it's a great cause. Yeah, absolutely. Not political. There's no, there's no, you know, ties to it other than just our mission of ending, ending something so horrific. I think everyone can agree on that level. And absolutely one of those, uh, those organizations that you want to support, 
yourself and uh, for communities, you know, everywhere. Right. So that's, that's good, man. I wanted to highlight a couple of things just so people understand, you know, you're, you're not only an expert in your area, but you know, really a, a, a big mission behind you and you serve in all different areas of uh, the community, this, you know, us and, and us. And so thank you very much for that. Dugan. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, sir. Well, you know, jumping into it. So the reason we have you on the show, you are a fantastic resource for syndicators, operators, people putting together opportunities, as Dugan said, security. So not many of us uh, have $10 million to go buy a hundred unit apartment complex. And so uh, if you're like myself that wants to leverage real estate, you're trying to raise capital from private investors, bring them on board, they're part owner. But you know, if there's you know, a $3 million raise at a $50,000 minimum, we are going to have 50, 60 partners, you know, maybe a little less, maybe a little more. But when we get into this, there's absolutely no way we can have that many uh, cooks in the kitchen. And so some people uh, are passive. <laughs> a good majority right. of the uh, of passive investors are limited partners. And so they don't have an active say in what happens that's what Dugan's talking about, the security. So that's why I wanted him to, you know, to, to jump on board. So maybe we can start, you know, right there from a passive investor, a new limited partner. Um, right. There's a, there's a PPM, there's a private placement memorandum, there's legal documents. What in the world is going on? Why is there secure SEC involved? You know, just, you know, maybe just give us a broad stroke of, okay. you know, what and why, and we're all ears, man. I'm going to shut yeah. my mouth for a minute. All right, so when when each of us bought our first home, right, I thankfully was blessed to save up enough money to use my money for my money and my wife's money for a down payment on a small town home way back when, 20 plus years ago when we first bought a property out of law school. And we used our own money. But just imagine if I didn't have my own money. And just imagine that instead of me buying a townhome, I was looking to buy a 100-unit apartment building or a 20-unit apartment building or a 10-unit or a 300-unit apartment building. Mm -hmm. Well, the reality, was, the, reality, the reality is that uh, that potentially takes millions of dollars for the down payment. Mm -hmm. So instead of showing up to the closing table and giving the – title company or your bank, that down payment of your own money out of your own pocket. Mm -hmm. um, what we're going to do in the area of buying and selling apartment buildings is we're going to go out and raise that down payment from yep. other people's money. Mm -hmm. And that's called basically selling a security. And the selling of the security, the security is just a fancy word for saying essentially you're not buying a a piece of a, a real real estate, you're buying a piece of a company that owns the apartment building. So we create a new company that everybody's gonna own. The passive investors, like Abel said, those are people that are not gonna be actively in control of that entity, but they're going to be purchasing a slice of that company that owns the apartment building. And what the law really says is because it's a company, and you're buying a piece of a company, that's a security. That's different than if you just went out and bought the property in your own name. And, and that process of the selling of security is really done through what we call a private placement procedure, which is really a fancy, another fancy word for a <laughs> bunch of legal documents <laughs> describing uh. countless amounts of risk, 
yeah. and the merits and all of these things that you as the passive investor need to consider before you yeah. decide whether it's a suitable investment for you to actually invest yeah. in. The first time me and my wife, uh, we, we invested passively and you know, it was a good chunk of change, you know, 50 grand and we're trying to put that in there. And we looked at a PPM and realized it was a hundred some odd pages. And we looked at each other and we're like, well, they need a commitment. Like tomorrow <laughs> they said they're getting full. Do we need to hire a lawyer to look over our, our documents? And we're like, well, I guess, you know, no, we're, we're going to move forward. Let's put a soft commit at least, and then look over the paperwork. But anyways, yeah. it's a, it's a, it was a daunting task. The fir first one that I went through. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it can be very intimidating, particularly yeah. people that, have not uh, gone to law school or graduate school. <laughs> they don't. They don't live in this 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 world yeah. of all these weird words and the strange language that doesn't make sense in a lot of ways. But it's always important for you as the passive investor to understand essentially what you're buying, yeah. like what you're buying, what your rights are, mm -hmm. what your obligations are. What yeah. happens in the event that maybe the people that are controlling the investment or the company that owns the real property can't pay the mortgage? What yeah. happens if the, all the tenants at the apartment building leave? What, what uh, rights do you have to say, I'm not going to give you any more money? Mm -hmm. All of that should be in the operating yeah. agreement, which should be part of that PPM. If it's not, don't invest. Don't do it. Don't invest yeah. because yeah. you're investing in something that you don't know. You don't know how it's going to be run and what the expectations are, both from a, a giving them money and what the expectations for the future are going to be. So that private placement memorandum is really what it's the legal document. It governs, you know, how everything's going to operate. Right. And so uh, maybe you can give us a few of these, uh, you know, components, right? What should I be prepared for when I see PPM, whether it's my first or second or 30th, you know? Yeah. What am I looking that's at? A, that's a great question because most uh, PPMs have a very similar structure or similar components. They may not all say the same thing. They may not all be boilerplate, but you should expect to see something like these types of components. The first component you should expect to see are what am I buying? Like what, what is it that I'm actually investing in? Yeah, the 100 unit invest apartment complex, this right. is the address, this is the place, this is what I'm buying. Absolutely. Identity, like show me what is it that I'm buying? The second thing, you want to know what are the risks associated with this investment because yeah, nothing bad, is guaranteed. Bad market, uh, you know, Everybody. my value add could not go, you know, the right way. My constant, all the risk, right? Okay. All of it. If you don't have that, that's not good. You want to yep. know all the risks because mm -hmm. there are no guarantees. No matter, somebody says there's a guarantee, don't, don't invest because don't trust them because there are no uh, guarantees. So you want to know the risk. This the third thing that you want to see is I want to see their business plan. Sure. Like what are they actually going to do with yeah. my money and yeah. how are they going to try to generate that return? What is yeah. the estimated returns that they're going to provide uh, for me? And when will those returns actually start? Yep. All of We're, those will be set forth in that yeah. business plan. We're raising 3 million bucks, 2 million goes towards a loan, 1 million goes to improving the property and we're going to give you 16% of return or whatever the percentages right. are, right? Okay. That's right. Gotcha. And, and, and these are projections, right? So these sure. are estimated. These are the, their, their best, uh, their best estimates. 
Then I want to see, okay, I'm interested. Now, now how do I invest? Mm -hmm. And you're going to see something like what's called a subscription agreement, which mm -hmm. is really a very short kind of contract that says, here's essentially the money that you're giving. Here's what's being sold to you. Here are the representations that are being made uh, by you and by the company. And usually with the subscription agreement, there's a questionnaire. Uh, it could be different from an entity that if you're going to invest through an entity or an individual, but that's where the person putting the deal together is really trying to figure out often if this is a, if this is what we call a suitable or a, a, a good potential investment for you as the investor. So while uh, they've shown you all the risks, they've given you the information that they think is the, the best outlook or optimum outcome for implementing their business plan and now they're showing now they're asking you questions to figure out if you're the type of investor that this would be a good investment potentially for you to invest in because some offerings there are restrictions meaning you have to be an accredited investor or you have to have a certain liquidity or net worth in order to invest in that so that questionnaire really helps uh, uh, kind of figure out whether this is a good opportunity for you to even, or even if you're allowed to invest. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that, those are, that's, those are all the components. And then the very last one is that operating agreement. I got to see that operating agreement as a passive investor, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. no operating agreement, <laughs> no moolah. Yeah. I'm not investing because after the, after you give them your money, the yep. only document, generally speaking, that will control your investment throughout the life cycle of the ownership of that apartment building is that uh, that that company agreement. Got so it. that's that's very key. Those All are the right. things that I look for. Yeah, they better be there. Otherwise, it's not a good <laughs> it's it's not a sound. Uh, syndication structure and that would be careful right uh, yeah. we're, we're not talking about joint venture another animal we're not talking about partnerships uh between a few individuals this is literally a syndication model where uh, we just described there's a there's a lot of us and some of us are not doing any work that's the limited partner passive investors okay great that's right absolutely so in that um in those documents in the agreements and that's you know kind of looking through everything what what kind of weight do passive limited partners have if I'm a $50,000 investor and I look at this document and I go, oh, you know, I don't really like the way this says, I don't, I don't like this, you know, language or wording. Yeah. Uh, how, how often do you ever see teams change this PPM? Very seldom. So think of it, think of it like this. When you went and bought your house, right? Mm -hmm. And the lender gave you their loan docs, like yeah. Freddie Mac or Fannie Mae or even another community bank. Yeah. You closing <laughs> table. It was already written out. All yeah. the loan documents, everything was written out. They gave you a pen and they said, here, please sign. And they yeah. explained, right, the title, title man or woman mm -hmm. explained essentially what you're signing. It's, it's very similar in that you as the passive investor really don't have a lot of leverage to force a, a syndicator or a sponsor. Those terms are often interchangeably. Yeah. The, the person putting the deal together, you yeah. don't have the ability to force them to make customized, unique 
changes that only fit your particular uh, situation. And the reason is simple, right? It's because there's 50 other or 60 or maybe more uh, potential people just like yourself that are sitting down and their situation may be slightly different from yours. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. the bank wants to see one uniform set of rules for everyone. They don't want special rules for uh, every potential passive investor. So you shouldn't have an expectation that there's going to be a lot of uh, changes in the, the overall structure or the documents associated with it. Yeah, very good. Thank you very much, uh, Dugan. Hello, hello. This is Abel Pacheco, your host for the Five Talents Podcast. After listening to a few episodes, deep down, do you know that multifamily and commercial real estate investing is one of the best ways to create financial freedom? If you said yes to that question and you are where I was a few years ago, then I'd absolutely love to connect with you. A few years ago, I started personally consuming a ton of real estate education. I traveled all over the country, as many real estate conferences and seminars that I could go to. I took 200 plus hours of real estate education. I spent thousands of dollars along the way. And I did this because I knew the path to financial freedom for me and my family was through commercial real estate and syndication. So if you've made a similar decision, I'd love to connect with you. And potentially in the future, I'd love to partner with you as well. Take a moment, go to 5tcre.com forward slash invest, and I'd love to set up a time to talk. I tell, you know, passive investors that are thinking about, you know, a first deal and they're looking through this document, uh, what I tell them is if you're thinking about investing passively, you should build some trust, establish a relationship, get to know your syndicator operator, ask them for previous P- PPMs or loan docs, yeah. get familiar in advance because yeah. the last thing you want to be is like under pressure, making a decision, $50,000. I don't know about this next deal. There's a time limit. We got to go. You don't want to be in this time crunch in addition to the decision of having to look through the PPM your first time, start doing it now. If you have a good indication, reach out to the team that you are thinking about investing with and you know get, get to look at a, a PPM, like start to look at it now, ask questions today, uh, you know, figure this stuff out in advance. So when the next deal comes out two months from now, you're at least prepared with the legal side, then you could just analyze the numbers, the investment, the, you know, the, the actual business plan. Great points, absolutely. Couldn't say it better myself, brother. Yeah, right on. Well, th- this has been amazing for the passive investors, right? And I think yeah. our, our, on our network, we probably have a lot of new general partners, new okay. active, uh, well, they actually, before I say syndicators or operators, just people that want to go lead a deal themselves. And yeah. so maybe they're trying to determine like, should I go a JV route or should I go a syndication? And there's a lot of business aspects to that. But maybe from a, an active uh, individual standpoint, maybe describe like, you know, what maybe some some gotchas. Hey, you, you see people yeah. say syndication, they really mean G, JV or they you see some people say, you know, JV and they really are talking about a syndication. Maybe That's give right. us some, you know, insights and outs. just, you know, cover the high level again from an active standpoint and what we should be thinking about before telling you I want a syndication. 
Yeah. So it's not uncommon, especially if you're looking at smaller acquisition or smaller purchase prices for assets mm-hmm. that uh, you and two or three of your buddies could potentially do a joint venture. That just means that we're going to, we're going to agree amongst ourselves that we're all going to participate in this deal. We're all going to dump in our money essentially into a hat in order to, to get that equity necessary to get the loan. That's essentially what a joint venture between other individuals is. Now, notice we didn't bring in a bunch of passive investors, right? It was just people that it was like buddies getting together. We're all going to be active in this, running this business. We're all going to be active in owning and operating the, the apartment building or the hotel or the mobile home park, whatever you're interested in with your friends or your joint venture partners. Yep. That's one, that's one thing, right? That's not a passive investment. Mm-hmm. That is a, what we call a capital contribution. You're essentially mm-hmm. buying your equity associated with that particular opportunity. And you're not selling any particular securities, meaning you're not selling your own securities. Okay. Versus if you're a, somebody that's saying, hey, I really like this idea of syndication. What, what should I really be focused in on and upfront? And I'm a big believe, I'm a big team believer, right? So syndication is a team sport. The only reason why you're having a team in the syndication world is because you don't either have your own money to buy the asset yourself, or you don't want to use your own money uh, and draw down on your, uh, all of the money that you have in order to do that. Or you might be missional, right? You might have a you might have a true heart to try to bring financial freedom to other people or help provide them a service, right? Mm-hmm. For many people, they're they're not at, they don't have the ability to be active investors. Meaning yeah. they're they have a job. Their job is going to the bank or Costco or Walmart or a law office or an accountant shop or any number of things, waiting tables. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter what their job is. The fact is that's what they're focused on is their job, not necessarily growing their money. So yeah. you as the young operator might have a mission to say, hey, I can provide a service by finding an asset that you will syndicate Mm-hmm. And you will create a new entity and that new entity will own that asset and you're going to go out and raise that capital for people. So yeah. that's much different, right? Than using your own money with your buddies to now jointly own without passive investors. Yeah. Anytime you have a passive investor, that's a much more uh, like syndication model where you actually have to go through that private placement process. That's great. That's good insight, right? And in a JV, you know, uh, well, I know I kind of know the answer. I'm prepping you for this, right? Could I have 20 friends that all throw in a little bit of money and, you know, do that? I don't think so. <laughs> I mean, that's just my own personal opinion. I don't, yeah. I don't think you got 20 people that will really honestly can say they're actively involved in that. So yeah. the, the rule of thumb is, is this a security? The question is, if the person giving the money mm-hmm. is, has an expectation that they're going to get a return mm-hmm. on that money, it is likely a security. Yeah. So in our joint venture analogy, we have four or five guys. Yeah. They put their money on a hat 
that money is used to get the loan, mm -hmm. there is no expectation. They go up or they go down depending on the, the profitability of the entity or the asset. Mm -hmm. But they don't, they get a return based upon their percentage of ownership yeah. of that. Yeah. They, they don't, they can't have an expectation that they're passive. If they're yeah. passive, then it's a security and it's really not a GV. If you're expecting not to do any work on the deal and put your money in and you're one of, you know, 20 plus people and it's not a syndication, that's where you need to be really worried. And then if you're putting the deal together and you're trying to say, well, I don't know if I can, maybe I could just skip this whole security thing. I don't, I don't really want to do all of that work. And you have more than four or five people that are, you know, some people that are not doing work actively materially participating, yeah. then you're in a bad spot too. You need to go syndication route. So thank you. And then, um, you know, from a syndication side, like what should I be, you know, maybe aware of give us, well, how do I ask the question, Dugan? Some, some things that you see people trip up in often and, and you, yeah. you know, want to give some great advice to somebody, you know, that that's new to this, the syndication world. Like, man, I see people trip up here. Uh, don't do X, Y, and Z, do this instead. Yeah. So if you're going to syndicate, you really need to have an X, like Abel says, you need to have an expectation that you're going to provide the roles associated with being a legitimate syndicator, a legitimate sponsor of that deal. You can't just say to yourself, I'm going to go raise money or whatever and get paid for it. That it doesn't happen. That, that, that's not <laughs> one. That's not right. Two, it's not compliant with current regs or whatever. So mm -hmm. if, if you're a young operator and you approach somebody and you say, hey, man, I really want you to be my partner on this deal, and there's, there's two or three people getting together in order to syndicate an asset, any one of those people has to be able to fulfill all of the roles associated essentially with the syndication. Yep. It can't just be, hey, I got this person on here because they're going to go raise capital and get paid for it. Yeah, we that's not what the SEC wants. And that's not what you should want. And that's not what anybody that ha that has the honest intention of trying to be a syndicator should want. So these are these are and oftentimes uh, syndications require a lot of work. Like there's a lot of work that has to be done. From there's everything a lot. There's from a lot of work. <laughs> finding the deals to underwriting to due diligence to physical inspections to asset managing to putting up the earnest money and the at-risk capital to doing the loan application fee. All of these various things, hiring the professionals, dealing with the investors, raising the equity, raising the debt, interfacing with the lender. All of these various things are happen in every single syndication. So you as the as the person that's just getting started need need to really start to learn, right? Get either a coach or a, join a mentorship program or a mastermind or start to listen to a bunch of podcasts. Try to consume as much information and material as possible. I would say is step one. And then step two is start to build out your team. So this is a team sport. You cannot do this by yourself. If you think you can do this by yourself, God bless you. Come meet me because I want to meet you. Uh, because the reality is after 20 plus years of practicing law, it, it's, not, it's not easy. It's, mm -hmm. it's very challenging. And there's a reason why syndicators should get paid because of all the effort and the services that they do. So 
you mm -hmm. might reach a pat you might see a passive investor who says well why are you getting this or why are why are yeah. we paying a you that acquisition fees i have right. uh, people ask me hey well how 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 do you justify this percentage fee going in and out i'm like there's a, there's a lot of work that went into it. So uh, that's what I'm putting together. <laughs> Absolutely. There's hundreds, if not over a thousand hours sometimes on a particular deal that the sponsors, the syndicators have done, and they haven't, they haven't been paid for anything. Meaning if the deal doesn't close, they don't get paid at mm -hmm. all. All those hours, all those dollars, everything is lost. So sponsors, and syndicators should get paid legitimately, compliantly, they should be able to get paid. Uh, but you really gotta, you gotta amass that education, you gotta get your team going, and then be careful, but be intentional, right? Be careful, but be intentional uh, to do it. Don't just, don't just say you're gonna do it and get the information and not do anything with it. If you feel called into this type of industry or this type of, uh, enterprise, then do it and do it with confidence that uh, you're going to be able to do it. So, so often young operators or newer operators think I can't do it because it's only for the rich people or the corporations or the institutions or the family offices. And the reality is, no, that's not how it should be. It should be for people that are just ordinary people, just like you, yeah. just like me. Yeah. Uh, we want to be able to do this too. It's not just for rich people or corporations or rich yeah. families or whatever. Anybody should be able to syndicate a deal and do so effectively. Mm -hmm. Man, preach. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing it, doing it. That's awesome. Uh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, on the, on those last, you know, kind of final notes, right. Is we're definitely called to be financial stewards on, on our side and Amen. we love helping people, um, you know, put their capital work. And that's, that's kind of a uh, five T C R E that's you, you, you preached it like five talents is from Matthew 25 and 14, Amen. you know, putting that money back to, to back to work. And, uh, I want to hear well done, good and faithful servant Amen. is what I'm looking for. And, uh, with all the other talents, but then the monetary part too, right. Uh, right. I, I kind of, you know, deep down, you know, I, I've, uh, I've known and I kind of felt that I like, uh, having money or making money, you know, it's, it's like a tug that I shouldn't be rich or really wealthy. And then deep down, I know now it's like, Oh, you know what? If I have more, I can do more with it. I can do more Absolutely. good. You can do more positive things. And so now I have a, a definitely a different paradigm, which is, man, I want to make as much as I possibly can for others and, and ourselves. And then we're going to go see what we can do. Some amazing things for it. So anyways. And the scary, the scary thing is most people, I think, have a fear mindset, right? Mm. And, and I'm no different. So the, I think if we're prone, all of us deal with fear. Your yeah. fear might not be my fear, but that parable is an amazing story for people's lives in that let's not let fear guide our decisions. Let's not bury our talent in the mm -hmm. ground so mm -hmm. that when the master or the bank or our investors come back to us and we just yeah. say here, but we didn't give it our all. Yes. It's so important for us to be, as you said, good stewards of the gifts and the blessings that we've gotten so that we're not operating with a fear mindset for yeah. sure.
Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dugan. I, I want to be respectful of your time. I know you have probably a couple of closings uh, going on and a couple of things in your world. So be- before we go, I, I think you dropped your email, but maybe one more time, what's your, maybe your website to look into you personally, your company. Uh, I'm a new syndicator. I want to reach out to you. I'm a new passive investor. I have questions, et cetera. Well, you know, so I, I'm easy to find on the internet. You can, you can usually track down our, our website by plugging in my name, but our website is kellyclarklaw.com or kellyclark.com. Drop me an email at Dugan, D-U-G-A-N, at Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y, mm-hmm. Clark, C-L-A-R-K-E.com. Would love to chat with any of your audience members. Happy to serve in any which way we can. And you can help new operators syndicate a deal. So that part's check. But if I'm a new passive investor and I don't know what I'm reading, I can also hire your firm to look over Absolutely. my agreements, correct? Absolutely. We'll be, we, we do that for, for investors all the time. We take a look at deals. We, we tell them exactly what it is that they're reading, what their rights and obligations are, and, and then let them make the decision. But yep. it's, it's important if you're a passive investor and you don't have the time, you don't understand the language, for you to have your own independent lawyer essentially be able to explain what it is that you're investing in and yep. what are the upsides as well as the downsides. What yep. are those? Yep. You can make a good educated decision and, and do that in advance. Don't do that like in, in a couple of days asking, do Hey, I gotta, gotta make a hard commit by tomorrow. Can you look at this? Probably not the best idea to call them at that point. No. Call them early. Uh, is there anything else that I haven't, um, asked you about anything else you wanted to highlight before we go? Anything in general, anything at all? No, man, I'm, I'm so grateful for people like yourself that are out there spreading the word about syndication and about how you can help people grow their financial portfolio and create generational wealth and freedom from some of the shackles that people feel like, right? A lot of people feel like they're on the hamster wheel and they're never going to be able to get off it. So, it's important for you, if you're listening to this for the very first time, and you're like, what is this idea of syndication? You need to reach out to people like Abel uh, to be able to connect and start talking, start that dialogue of gaining information about how you might be able to break kind of the shackles of, you know, finances and uh, burdens that you thought that you would never be able to get rid of because, You know, if you look at the most wealthy in the country, these are people that are consistently, generationally, for hundreds of years have been investing in things inside this country. So don't just let it be for only one part of the population. This really, this information and this knowledge should be for everybody. That's awesome. Thank you very much. Uh, Really sincerely appreciate your time, Dugan. Uh, My name is Abel Pacheco. I'm your host for the Five Talents Podcast. If you do want to reach out, as Dugan said, our website is www.5tcre.com. And if you're interested in learning more, reach out to me, connect with me, exactly as Dugan said. I love to talk to new potential investors that are looking to break the shackles, as he would say. I love it. So thank you very much, Dugan. Amazing. Thank you very much for your time, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Five Talents Podcast with your host, myself, Abel Pacheco. Each week, we're going to bring you interviews from industry experts and commercial real estate investors who followed their dreams and achieved massive success. Before you leave, let me ask you a few questions. 
Did you enjoy this episode? Did you learn something valuable? Was your mind stretched to what's possible and what you can achieve? Do you want other experts just like the one you heard today? If you answered yes to any or all of those questions, then please take a moment to subscribe to the Five Talents Podcast. Give us a five-star rating. And most importantly, leave us a written review. Tell us what you liked. Tell us your favorite guests. Give us any feedback. I'm excited to learn and improve so you can get a more valuable show. So thank you again for subscribing to the Five Talents Podcast.